0: Welcome back to mike and maurice's mind escape we have episode number 157 tonight Uh, We're going to be doing a review of the documentary uh my octopus teacher um, so that's definitely a good one go check it out and uh I I I think that uh, it's probably one of the better documentaries i've seen recently. What do you think maurice?
1: Yeah, you know i'm always cruising the uh the airwaves to find something good to watch, and that thing stuck out to me. I don't know if I heard about it online or something, but I indulged and I uh, enjoyed it heavily, so we'll be talking <laughs> more about that.
0: Did you get Did you get into it because it, it was about, like, filmmaking? I mean, they did a really good job considering it was all underwater for most of the documentary.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I, was, uh, I just got this little drone I've been flying around, the Mavic Mini, having a good time with that and I thought you know taking it to the air was just a whole new uh, way to look at things but then I watched this documentary now I want to get some uh, underwater equipment (laughs) start getting down into the nitty-gritty of the sea
0: baby all right so before we get started why don't you nice beautiful amazing people out there oh Maurice has got the shirt he's holding it up folks new shirts and i'm actually wearing one baby oh the big boy you Reminds know a little, little bit more high def you know <laughs> um but uh yeah so we have those i don't know if we're gonna have many there's there's some of them already spoken for so we might not have that many left but we're also gonna look into some cheaper options because we're gonna be selling those for 30 dollars a piece but we're trying to find a cheaper option um but yeah so go ahead over Uh, To our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast For $2 a month you'll get exclusive content Uh, We also have some other tiers on there if you want to check those out Um, And also head on over to indrasweb.org and sign up to get an alert This is the app that we uh, created Um, It's for lots of different topics, ancient civilizations um, You know uh, fringe science stuff, just outside the box thinking, whether it be, uh, I mean, whatever you can think of that, that has some sort of like a fringe, uh, to it. Um, and the reason why we did that is because you go online now, all these other apps and social media apps, you know, they're, they're telling you what you can and cannot say skewed And, and we're not, it's, it's nothing controversial, but I think that when we're talking about, uh, ancient civilizations, psychedelics, ufos all that kind of stuff it's nice to have a a place where you can discuss these things with like-minded people so that's kind of what we're trying to do with the app so go to indra's sign up you will get an alert when the app goes live and uh, i think we're going to be working on a promo video here for that coming out soon and that'll be probably ready for the release of that app so go check that out beautiful all right uh so my octopus teacher um my wife actually mentioned we should watch this and then like four or five days later you're like hey we should do an episode you should watch this documentary and I didn't watch it yet so uh we ended up watching it and I really liked it what'd you think
1: yeah I thought it was sweet and I think we were talking about it when we were talking about an alien we had an alien episode going and we were kind of talking about how uh how octopus uh are genetically just so different than us there has been some theories floating around that they might have landed on earth if, if people are into the panspermia type things and they might have evolved at a different rate than uh, different creatures inhabiting the earth
0: yeah we'll get into the panspermia hypothesis and all that regarding all this because I did read that scientific paper that you're talking about that came out last year okay uh, but we'll talk about that later because that's kind of away from what the actual documentary is
1: right right <clears throat>
0: um so, I mean, spoiler alert, if anybody, I don't, I, I don't really believe in spoilers for documentaries, but if you don't want it ruined, I guess, turn this off now. Uh, but so uh, I think the guy's name's Craig, the main guy that the documentary is focused on. And um, he, he, it starts off with him talking about how he was so depressed and he was like a filmmaker and photographer, I believe. Yeah. And he was helping his brother. Uh, he created a documentary about these uh these uh, crazy hunters from Africa, this tribe where they can track like anything. Um but then he was talking about like as he got older, he was just worn out and depressed and didn't really have much going on, I guess. Um and he just couldn't take it anymore. So
1: Yeah, I mean as a f as a budding filmmaker, I can definitely uh relate to him. I can, well I I can't yet, but I could see how being in the grind and just because when you're doing a film, man, it's nonstop filming and then the editing. And then when you're not editing, you're, you're working on notes and stuff like that. So a lot goes into these projects that people kind of just, when they watch them, they don't really know what goes in behind them. And then when you start kind of doing little projects yourself, you see how much goes into them. So I can uh, definitely relate to the, or I can understand how he could get burned out on something.
0: And shout out to Sandy. Um, this is actually takes place uh, where she's from. Uh, which would be South Africa. I think this is by the West Cape, Western Cape uh, in South Africa, where this guy did all this. There's these kelp forests in these like little coves or these pools. Yeah. Um, and that's what made. I think that was what made this documentary partially so interesting. Is if you look at like the exterior of where this pool of all this stuff's happening. What is it like a hundred meters? He said it's like not even that large of an area where the, all this was going down. And everything outside of it is these crazy waves breaking. There's no way you could film anything uh-huh. in, like, the external areas. So it was these kelp, these old-growth kelp forests in, in these little pools that was, like, protecting this little, like, ecosystem in there. Um, and you have, you know, octop- octopuses, you have sharks, you have, you know, different cephalopods, all that kind of stuff. So
1: Yeah, no, uh, the one thing you didn't mention was how cold the water is. And he talks about how... At first, it's like just shocking to the body, but then he almost gets addicted to it. The way that it makes him feel, it's almost like a drug. Yeah, he—I
0: forget what temperature. I think he said it goes down to like four degrees Celsius. You know, it would be like the crazy. colder as, which is crazy. But the the thing, well, the other thing is, somebody's like, well, or he talked about like not wearing a wetsuit and stuff. And like you mentioned, there's, you just get used to it. I mean, he went into that that uh, pool or that the the ocean where that was. I think every day for a year.
1: Yeah. So,
0: so yeah, he was depressed. So the, the whole thing starts off with his backstory and how he got into this thing. So he just decided one day cause he grew up going in the water and these like pools and diving and free diving and stuff. So he was mm-hmm. trying to reconnect with, um, his younger days and his, um, it was his younger days and he was trying to reconnect with nature in a way. And, um, I think he found it's it was a common act the the whole documentary revolves around the common octopus which there's obviously different types of octopuses but this specific one um he made a connection with um the interesting thing to me about this documentary is actually um i mean i don't want to jump ahead to the end but just this he set out to do something and he did it. And I don't think there's a lot of people in the world that could have done what this guy did. And I think that's what made it such a fascinating documentary. Like it's overcoming the cold in the diving and it's being able to hold your breath for a super long time. It's also being a professional photographer and being able to capture this stuff going down in like real time. So I think that those were all, you know, massive points to what made this documentary, what it was.
1: Yeah. It's also, uh, interesting to see like i said you see a lot of drone stuff but you don't see as much underwater footage and i was just blown away by the uh the level of cinematography that was incorporated into making that
0: well it's very crisp and very
1: clear so like he catches
0: things like the shark like a shark chasing the octopus down Uh um he catches you know the movement and the octopus camouflaging and like you know maneuvering around different things
1: yeah doing its thing it's he he must i think he had insane amounts of hours of footage because he just has shots that you would uh, you he must have been just camping out and waiting i mean that's how a lot of these national geographic guys like if you watch like planet earth or something they're sitting there waiting for countless days trying to get that perfect shot Mm. and when they do man it's probably a, a massive celebration for them but you know, it's a a lot of that's just waiting and being patient, and that's a lot of being a landscape photographer anyway.
0: Yeah, and and the the footage is really crisp because I was thinking to myself early when the documentary first started, I'm like, is this gonna be like, you know, like you can't see anything under there, and you're, you know, but <laughs> yeah, you it's you can pretty real murky. You can see you can see everything pretty much, and like I said, I was just blown away by this guy's ability to like keep up with these little chases and these little things happening down there, and. Um, but so the interesting thing, uh, about the, the tracking thing that I mentioned, so he shot a documentary with his brother and shout out to Sandy. She mentioned the the Kalahari sand tribe. Um, so when he followed these, these trackers, what he did was he kind of picked up some, some ideas and like kind of what they got into. So when he actually, um, was trying to figure out what was going on with this octopus when he made, like, contact with it. Um, he was trying to track it at first, because s- if you're going to do that every day, you have to find this thing. I don't think it's enough to just find the octopus's lair or the octopus's home or whatever you call it. I think Garden, you have... Garden, if you will. Yeah. All right, Ringo. <laughs> um. So you, you have to uh, be able to track this thing, and it, he said it's, like, one of the more impossible things to track because they don't really leave, like, a specific mark because they're always you know they're using their tentacles one second and then they're using they're walking on shells they're walking on this they're walking on that um they're floating around so i he was able to start tracking this thing down via like looking for how it like consumed food's like little crab bits and shells and different things like that and he would find like these like hallmarks of um uh the, the way the octopus feeds and stuff and usually i think octopi- uh the octopus is very nocturnal, so it's very active at night. I think that's when it hunts, so he was uh-huh. able to dive at night, and that was what blew me away, too. I mean, you're diving in this kelp kelp forest, in this cold, cold water, there's sharks, there's other stuff going on, and, you know, that would be pretty ominous, to me, at least. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you've got to be pretty confident that you know the wildlife enough to, I guess, what, what, what lurks around that area, it, it, even the sharks that are there aren't too uh, dangerous to human, but still... You're yeah, going well, down in those waters, man. I you think gotta that,
0: have some. What was that shark? It was called a pajama shark, I think. Is that what? Let me see. I think it's a pajama shark. Because they had like these stripes, and he said that they that's why they're called that, because it looks like they're wearing pajamas. Mm. Um but so every day he, you know, he dives down, he does this for a whole year. So I didn't know this watching this, but I guess the life cycle of an octopus is very short. So yeah. I think the common octopus they say only lives like about a year, and after they breed, they die both male and female. They oh, just start wow. to like rot away. um I think the longest living ones are the giant- the Pacific giant octopuses, and those can get up to i think the biggest one recorded is like thirty feet uh tentacle span and like six hundred pounds that's pretty big
1: that's insane, yeah
0: made run into one of those in the dark i mean
1: well i when i when I was thinking about him, I thought this thing was going to be massive, and then you see it in the water and it's it's you know it's a it's bigger than his hand, but it's not much bigger and I was kind of shocked at the size of it, and that's a full grown one but I, I guess I'm more of a i guess I was more thinking about like the squids and stuff like that,
0: mm. We'll get into some squid talk at the end, too, hey. because I don't think that the squid, I, I mean, I think they're intelligent because I have seen some stuff on them, but I don't think they're nearly as intelligent. I think the, the octop- I mean, octopuses are probably one of the more intelligent species. I think it's definitely, the, they say, the most intelligent invertebrate there is.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, after seeing some of the, the activities and the way this thing outsmarts, it's
0: predators. And he likened it to like the intelligence and the emotional intelligence of like a dog or a cat too. Because right. when he makes contact with this thing, it's putting its suction cups and I guess he can control each suction cup individually on, on its uh on its tentacles. And then I I wanna say that they have like their own um they have like a different style, obviously, of like nervous system and everything. So it's the way that we think about like our fingers would probably be similar. He's like, imagine having 200 fingers and feeling every, uh, every inch of it. It's, that's crazy to think about. Um, now when you, I don't know, this, this documentary was weird in the sense that I started to think about I always, I love animals. I mean, I tell everybody, I'll swerve for a chipmunk in the road. (laughs) Not that you should, you're not supposed to, but I mean, that's just how I am. I, I love animals and wildlife and I'm a sucker for all those movies on social media and stuff when they clean these animals up and save them and stuff like that. So, um, but at the same time, it's like, I was thinking how, like we're so different in the sense that we can manipulate our environment and it almost seems unnatural to us. Like we create things that create things and we create robots and we create technology and we create, um, material that wouldn't be found anywhere in nature and stuff like that. Um, but what does it really mean to be like conscious like us? Like, is it possible that octopuses, if they lived a lot longer, could they get to our level? You know, I was just thinking about stuff like that. And if, think about all animals i look at there's videos of crows doing amazing things and uh you know like some of those birds you know like the gray parrot and some of these animals are in birds and stuff are super super intelligent so as much as we're different i do think that um there are other species on earth that we can communicate with dolphins you know all that kind of stuff
1: well we know that dolphin is is super intelligent
0: (laughs) yeah and uh it was I know john, gonna... no i was gonna say john <laughs> c Lilly trying to communicate you know via the ketamine experiments and the float tank
1: and all that kind of stuff and well some people were saying that he was like in love with them again no I mean, it was his
0: he was assistant and yeah there was some sort of thing there you just have to read those books but um yeah i mean that that kind of stuff's not unheard of either but when you look at the, again the intelligence thing is really what caught. I mean, what were when you were thought about when animals before this documentary? Did it change your opinion on animals or you know marine wildlife or whatever afterwards?
1: I always had a camaraderie for animals. I've been thinking about getting a dog personally, but yeah, I never thought about um, invertebrates anything like that. So it opened my mind where it's like if we don't know how these creatures can interact with human or interact the way that it would play with fish and stuff like that. Like what, do, what else are we kind of missing out on it? And that's a, I think that's a big uh, a thought that a lot of people have is what do dogs know? Because, you, you know, everyone looks at a dog and these things can, either a dog or a cat, they can notice different things that a human can, either hear a sound or just notice an energy or something like that. So, yeah, I think about that a lot. Like what, what can they perceive
0: I mean my I feel like i'm i can be i'm telepathic with my cat sometimes because uh, in my head I'll be thinking, don't do that or something and then it'll, <laughs> it'll just like turn on a dime, you know or she'll turn on a dime so um and just like you know plain uh i think it's dogs and cats are both equally intelligent in my eyes, but I think they have a different type of intelligence, you know like. Dogs are more there to, you know, they say man's best friend. They're there to like serve you in a way and like be your companion. And when cats just kind of do their own thing, Uh um, and they're more, I don't know. I think that cats can like our cats done some things where I'm like, what? I mean, I've had dogs my whole life. I've never seen a dog do something like that before. So there's certain things like that, but it just depends on the situation.
1: I Um, was always, I was always not a big fan of the cat. Cause I was allergic to them, so just inherently, I was just like, I want to stay away, cause I'm gonna get, I'm gonna sneeze, my eyes are gonna get all watery. But then, my ex girlfriend had a cat, and you know, I think every seven years your body kind of readjusts and stuff. And I never was allergic to this cat, but it would know if I was down. This thing would come and lay by me, and I actually grew quite fond of the cat. And then I opened my eyes to the to the uh, the species altogether. Hmm. Yeah,
0: when we lived on that house on Opal too. Yeah. Uh, Chris had that cat, <laughs> Max. We would see this thing, this thing like an five miles away. It was an outdoor cat. And then it would bring dead birds and uh, whatever other stuff and leave it on the porch. Uh, yeah, the porch. It food, it and its food. It's bounty to us. And then late at night in like the cold, frigid winters, this cat would like tap on the upstairs. It wasn't even like the lower levels. It was like the upstairs second level window somehow tapping on the window to be let in. So...
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting is we when me and my ex-girlfriend moved into this uh, apartment complex, we would let the cat out and stuff. It had its claws and stuff like that. We, I, I felt if you don't let the cat, I want the cat to go out in its nature, you know, and out in nature and its natural habitat. I felt bad about uh, trying to keep it indoors and not letting it be the animal that it is within. So we, but this, this was her cat. So these were her rules anyway. Anyways, we let it out and it's a new uh, apartment complex. And I think It wandered too far. I don't know what happened, but this cat literally went away for like three days. And I went searching for this thing every single day because she was super sad about it. And she would, you know, be tired from looking. So I would go out at night. And then one day, the cat came back. And it was just like, it was just like any, like a normal day. I was like, wow. But where it went, what it did, I, I would have loved to put a camera on this thing and just saw what it was doing. It was probably hanging out on porches, you know, eating mice, having, having a time of its life. But it's it, the cat is a lot different than the dog. The cats are just like, I don't know. You, you look at them and, like, the dog relies on the human, I feel, to, like, to yeah, live. that's what I was
0: just saying. It's like uh, the cat does its own thing. It's, its yeah. own. It thinks... I was reading this article. It was like, the, you know, your the cat thinks you're the pet in like a certain <laughs> way. I mean, I I, I can buy that.
1: Um, yeah, if that thing was like seventy, eighty pounds, it might be uh, it might be non on you. So, well, that's I the, respect that's it. the problem with people that have like
0: tigers or bears or things like that. I mean, once it gets to a certain weight, you know, you can't overpower that thing. So you're you're done. You know, so the people that have and it might just be like a moment momentary lapse of you know it's it just shows its animal instinct and that's all it takes with something that big so um but back to the octopus so there's some definite uh there's like some dramatic parts and then there's some like action parts um and then there's even some sad parts i mean it gets kind of sad actually i'm not I mean i wouldn't say it was like crying or anything but the guy cries for sure <laughs> in the documentary and i feel yeah. for him like i yeah. feel his emotion and like his connection i mean they did a good job of showing him building this relationship with the octopus uh but there's a part where the octopus is being chased by a pajama shark and it gets kind of like cornered in this like little rock area and the pajama shark bites the tentacle uh off the octopus and swims away right and then this thing's like alive but it's damaged and it finally uh-huh. gets back to its zone and then it grows this like little arm like, <laughs> bink, bink, and it, it's back in, and this thing slowly grows back but i don't know i think it's crazy that they're that the they're that smart and they only like live like a year and again the giant pacific octopus can live up to five years i think but just think about that a year what if this thing could live 30 years how smart would it be
1: well that's also a good uh a way to think about what time actually is to a creature because we get these things in Michigan. I don't, they're, we call them fish flies. I don't know if they're mayflies or what their actual the scientific name is, but they only live 24 hours. But inside that creature, is that is that a lifetime? Does time move super, super slow to it? Or what the deal is there? I don't know.
0: Right. Well, we know that gravity has an effect on that as well the more gravity there is the more time slows down and then you have like time dilation and that whole thing too so but how you're right how does that affect um you know an invertebrate like the uh the octopus
1: i don't know but to to see what it does and to see the tactics that it uses to to avoid being eaten that thing is pretty darn smart so I think well, that's that that comes into play where it's like, how did this thing evolve to to be able to to, to gain that knowledge and within such a quick time? Well what's the it's <clears throat> you look at the camouflage and
0: it's not just changing colors, it's actually changing textures, it's changing patterns, I mean yeah. it's doing the whole thing. I mean at some points I was like if I didn't know where it was, like if they didn't show it change colors and get into formation, I wouldn't even have known that it was there.
1: Right. That was one of the best parts, <clears throat> I thought. I mean, I, I don't know how in-depth we want to go. I don't want to ruin this for somebody that hasn't seen it, but it does show it It uh, it shows it dreaming. Well, it shows it sleeping. And we already said sleeping, turn it
0: off. You can go as in-depth as you want. We already said okay. spoiler alert. Like right I now. said, I don't believe in alerts for documentaries unless there's some, like, reveal at the end, but that's not the case.
1: Yeah, but so it shows it sleeping, and <laughs> as it's sleeping, it's changing colors and stuff like that, and I know there was a... I was reading another article about, dog, like, do dogs have dreams? Because it seems like they're doing something. It seems like they're reacting to something within their mind. If they are having dreams, then uh, we know from our podcast what our dreams. We don't really fully understand that. So have you ever seen the video of the octopus having a dream? Yeah.
0: So, I mean, and, and you can see, like, in the dream, it's it's changing shapes and colors and textures to, like, what what the landscape of its dream is supposedly that's right. What the that's theory the theory. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Um, which is, that's crazy in itself. And I know they've given uh, octopi or octopus. I think, uh, okay. So I did look this up. Yeah. Octopi is actually wrong. Um, Cause octopus is a Greek, uh, uh, derived from Greek and the octa obviously means eight mm-hmm. and then pus or post P O U S means um, foot. So eight foot. Um, so it's a Greek term. And, The octopi came from people assuming that it was Latin. I forget there's some conjugation thing happening there, second and third person stuff that makes Octopi wrong and octopuses the right way. So
1: Good yeah, I think I came to that conclusion because we're we're from Detroit. We're, you know, Red Wings fans. Um (laughs) they throw octopus on the on the the rink, so Yeah,
0: and I, I was gonna mention that actually too. After seeing that documentary I'm I'm good. I, they were making a stink about throwing the octopi or octopuses on, on the ice because it was a tradition, and now I think they shouldn't do it. Right? Throw some fake ones. Get some plastic ones. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't throw the real ones. Even if they're dead already, you're just contributing. Because I don't think I'll ever. Oh, I'm never gonna eat octopus again.
1: I'm more of a squid man myself. <laughs> yeah, but.
0: calamari. What? We're, we're, I'm good. I'll eat it, but not octopus. Well, I think there's an intelligence and I, I hate to separate it like that, but I do think that it matters somewhat. And I've seen squid and they're very, very aggressive and they're not like loving. You can't go, you know, there's look this up, these Humboldt squid off the coast of California, these things attack swimmers and stuff like take mm -hmm. bites out of them and their beaks are, are crazy. So I do think that there is a difference between squid and octopus. And I think octopus are definitely, uh, Definitely more intelligent and emotionally intelligent. Um,
1: yeah, you know, I think. That go ahead,
0: Sandy. Keep eating that calamari. I'm telling you, I'm man. eating calamari. These things are yeah. these things are rabid. These the squid, <laughs> they're not the same thing. So,
1: I think the the documentary did a good job. Though sometimes you'll watch a documentary and it's just fact after fact, but this one actually created a, a human uh, appeal to it, and it had a nice little arc to it. And the, I got sad during during the end when when uh he went down there and you know it's interesting it's almost like his little friend found a lover and then it pushed him away but then he it, it came back in full circle because he found it again after the mail had left and uh it had a very good conclusion a real heartfelt conclusion
0: yeah I, there was so many things Because it wasn't just about the octopus. It was also about this... No, it was a metaphor for his life. Yeah, but it was this man's journey. And through this journey, he reconnected with nature and found... Like I said before, I think what makes a great documentary is like the passion behind it. And if you're going to do something every day for a year and just dump everything into it, you're going to be successful on some level. You're either going to get something out of it that helps you through your life or... um, you're going to, um, yeah, you know. I mean, I just look at like you know, like craft, you know, like somebody's craft or whatever, you know. In ancient Greece, they'd call it like techne, you know. You get this, you're 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 getting. Something out of this skill or this trade that you're putting into it, and I think that since he spent a year doing that, obviously he was already a good camera man. he shot documentaries before well he didn't
1: shoot the thing. he had a crew with him.
0: so you don't think that he did any of the camera work he
1: i th- he might have did some, but I, I was looking at the well, who would have
0: but who would have done the chases then because there's like chases where somebody's following the squid right. You know what let I'm me, saying?
1: Let me look in more into that. Because because uh,
0: the he didn't direct it. I, I don't know. I forget the names of the people that directed it. I put it under the video. You can look under the video right now. I just don't remember mm-hmm. the names. But um, two other people directed it. But he's like the main. His name's Craig. I think is
1: the main guy. So cinematography was directed by underwater cameraman Roger, Horox. Okay, and so with footage from Craig Foster.
0: So he did do some stuff because like i was saying there's no way you could swim around like if if he's tracking this thing is some other guy just gonna follow him around the whole time you know like i don't
1: but there are there are clips that show him without cameras and it is following him and the and the octopus so right. i just
0: figured that all that stuff was like the documentary part where it's like him sitting there being filmed and him walking mm-hmm. and talking you know like that kind of stuff
1: but oh well, you there's there's definitely parts where you can see that it's just him with like a smaller camera and then cuz it shows he, it, him dropping it at right, one right. point
0: and then having to go back up and stuff so
1: my take was that he he, he didn't even know what he was doing and i think there there's a level of of the magic to go he it wasn't like i'm planning to do this he went there and it started to 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 move him and then because of that he was already kind of filming and then he ramped it up into a higher production because then after all of this happened this whole year the, the parts of him sitting and being interviewed i think he just did that after and then that's that's like what tied all the footage together is right. just telling his story after it all occurred but that's the i like that i like having something kind of spontaneous uh, the a uh, spontaneous, spontaneous blast. You know, <laughs> he, he, like, I, I'm I'm getting all uh, jumbled up here, but no. That's what like- we're gonna
0: get a shirt. It's gonna say <laughs> Wordsmith Maurice.
1: Everybody knows they they know Maurice is uh he gets lost for words sometimes. Um, no, we love you, you dyslexic bastard. Right, right. Well, that's what they said in school. But no, is there uh did you have a particular part that really stood out to you as your favorite, or were you just kind of taking it all in? <laughs> I like the the when he makes, like, first contact and he sticks
0: his hand out and the octopus, like, latches on and just, like, is checking him out, you know? Yeah. Like, because what – how does the octopus know that he's not a predator too that just hasn't struck, you know, was waiting to strike or whatever?
1: Right. Well, I, well he definitely was visiting it. At, uh, he visited way more and then before – like, it, I think it did run away at, at first, didn't it?
0: Well, he did something where he like dropped the camera or something that scared it off once it was getting close to him or something like that. Yeah, but,
1: yeah. And he was all mad at himself. He was like, "I had it," and then I, I, I dropped the camera and scared it away.
0: Um, yeah. I, I honestly, uh, I think that that part really struck a chord with me, just because it's like it's like making contact with like an alien, in in the sense that you know you're you're in the ocean which is kind of an alien realm it's not our natural habitat you know as much as we might have lived off the oceans for as long as we've been around I still think it's it's not considered natural to us Uh, um, but yeah the fact that he just built up his breathing and uh, I don't know I think that the communication kind of i think that there was like a mutual thing going on there like i think the octopus was studying him as much as he was studying the octopus
1: yeah that's a good point but what does that
0: mean to the octopus because the octopus only lives for a year and what is it getting out of he i think he even mentions that in the documentary he's like what what was it what was the octopus getting out of this because it had to have been somehow mutually beneficial
1: who knows you're assuming that when you pass away, that you're gone forever. With that kind of comment, maybe this thing was just—I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm more in the camp that everything's connected, and we're all kind of some piece to this big puzzle. That, uh, you know, just we—we we have different intelligences, but we're all kind of connected in some weird way. And that's—I think there—that there's a little of that in that in the movie. It's like if a man can connect with an octopus in some foreign, weird. You know, underwater forest then what What else is out there what mm-hmm. What other connections can be made
0: yeah no
1: absolutely um
0: I I I did think it was sad towards the end and it, it gets kind of a tear I didn't cry but I definitely got a little emotional watching it <laughs> yeah yeah I got as close I feel the it, same about, way man I got about I, as close as you could but right. uh I could have squeezed the tear out I'm not gonna lie <laughs>
1: I might have. <laughs> he's right. squeezing the bottom of his eye to get the tear out.
0: Um, but I did, like I said, I definitely feel for that Craig guy because he he had a connection to this uh, this octopus. And I wonder, you know, is he still doing that? Is he connecting with other octopi- or octopuses, or is he, um, you know, what's going on there? I wonder what he's up to now, or if he's going to try and connect with something else. I think he should definitely do a follow up and see what other kind of intelligent animals that you can make those sorts of connections with, at least in the ocean. I know cephalopods, um, there's certain, so I think that that's, uh, um, it was a mollusk, and then the class is, is it cephalopod? And then um, you have things like, uh, what are those called? You have the, obviously, octop- octopus, you have squid, um cuttlefish. I think cuttlefish can kind of do some similar things with like morphine and changing color and that kind of thing too.
1: Mm, The the only way I've heard of cuttlefish is when they eat it. South Park. And yeah, they cuttlefish. (laughs) Um, No, you know what, you know what I was relating it to when me and Michael were younger, while we still kind of do it, but we don't catch them anymore, but we would go hunting for snake and uh, like turtles and frogs and stuff. And it's, it's like you're on a treasure hunt. And then when you find them, it's like, it's magical. So, for him to go in there and then if he finds it the first time and then he goes back and he's seen and then he finds it again that's kind of the thrill i could i can kind of relate to him with that that feeling of you know journeying into the uh into the wilderness and finding a creature over and over again but you're just letting it be you know now we're a little we're a little smarter and we see the turtles out on the river and stuff we don't mess with them i i don't want to take them out of their natural habitat i like to well, that's a whole di- I mean, wild turtles have,
0: have salmonella. I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons why you shouldn't do that, but yeah.
1: Well, I we were and, kids. We wanted them as pets, you know what i Yeah, I mean,
0: but again, like you just mentioned, you grew up and you learn. And again, I've always loved animals, I but I think that when you get older, your reverence starts to become like letting them be what they are and just right. accepting them for what they are as opposed to like, I want a pet or, you know, whatever. Yeah,
1: you, I mean, you're a kid and you find the... uh a salamander you touch this thing once and it's 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 dead and now you just want to let these things thrive and And now it's
0: just fish bait
1: (laughs) yeah those are like the most sensitive because when we were kids i would love we thought they were lizards we didn't really realize what they were you know they were an amphibian and they were just so gentle Mm -hmm. that i i think like even like the oil from in your hand or i don't even know yeah they they have like a
0: mucus membrane that coats them that I don't know. I think it's probably, I think it's actually poisonous to some things too, the mucous membrane. Um, But I I mean, octopi or octopuses, I'm sorry, I keep saying octopi, even though I already mentioned that that's wrong.
1: It's from Detroit, man, growing up, like everyone called them octopi. I mean, again,
0: it's in the Webster's dictionary too, but they even mentioned in this thing that I was reading that it's wrong, but it's, it's just octopuses or octopus.
1: Well, I remember talking to my dad because He's a massive hockey fan, and we were talking about the octopus. And uh he's like, No, it's not octopi, it's octopus, and then everyone started arguing with him. But I he was I, I don't know where he got his information, but clearly he knew what he was talking about. So
0: Sandy mentions there was
1: a recent article where these uh researchers
0: accidentally found these underwater structures um uh in Michigan, and I that immediately made me think there's actually stone circles underwater in Traverse Bay, Michigan as well. And one of the stones supposedly has a woolly mammoth glyph carved into the side. And that's obviously that areas where all the glaciers and, uh, everything was carved out at the end of the last ice age. So, I mean, there's probably stuff, there's probably tons of sites in the Great Lakes having, you know, stone circles and ancient, uh, ancient sites. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We, I'm going to follow up. Maybe we'll do an episode on that because I do think it's interesting.
1: Well, being a photographer, I'm always trying to find ways to, to stand out from the bunch and, uh, you know, everybody has a nice camera these days and they're out shooting and Photoshop and all that kind of stuff. So I, uh, after watching this, I, I went online and I looked up a underwater casing for my camera that the, the case is the, uh, the same price as the camera, <laughs> like $1,500, <laughs> Um, yeah. That would be sick to do some, I I always wanted to scuba dive. My sister went, uh, where did she go? She went to some, uh, some island for her honeymoon. Can't remember the name, but I, you know, it was like down, uh, you know, in Thailand, yeah, yeah. That's exactly where she went Yeah, Phuket Island. Yeah. She was, uh, she was scuba diving, but you have to train to do it. And they actually, they train you in Lake St. Clair, but I've always wanted a scuba. I know, uh, you know, one of our heroes, Jerry Garcia. He loved. He was a bigger dude. He loved going in the water, and I. He was a big, uh, big scuba diving enthusiast.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a whole different ball game because you have to be really good um, in the water as well. Um, I, don't, I don't remember. We're pretty. Sp- well, we're pretty trained. I mean, I, I am. I was on swim teams my whole life. I don't remember. Yeah, no, I'm pretty good. I don't remember your level. I know you can swim. <laughs> yeah but I don't know. I would what...
1: love to do it. I've always, I've, I've you know, even snorkeling. Um, one of my friends loves to go to Australia. <laughs> well,
0: then we're going to send you Traverse Bay to get <laughs> your shit together. I we're just want to do you...
1: the Great Barrier Reef. I think that would be
0: spectacular. Oh, for sure. That might not be around for too I long. I know. I know a lot of corals being, um, destroyed by, you know, change in the, uh, ocean temperatures and stuff like that. So
1: that's a seven natural wonder of the world. Correct.
0: Uh I don't know. You you might be right. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's a lot of obviously cool stuff in the water and who knows what we could find if they ever excavated anything. I mean, it's probably really hard obviously. Um I don't even know how you go about that. I know that they do obviously look for minerals and gold and stuff and they have ways to excavate stuff, but it's um I mean, for instance, like Lake Superior. I think Lake Superior's the deepest great lake and oh yeah it, it gets yep. super deep like yep. really deep it might be going to of the...
1: go into Ed Vincent's Gerald song right <laughs>
0: now man it might be one of the deepest uh lakes in the world I don't know that to be certain but
1: I think it is Freshwater, I'm sure that's a that big contender but uh I'm actually going down to Miami this weekend and I know uh the Bimini road is right off the coast there I don't know if you can chart or something yes, get us what set,
0: we're sending our correspondent out in the field <laughs> Maurice uh, you know, sh- I, shout out to I, I, Tasmaniac! I actually saw that article where there was the first Tasmanian devil sighting on mainland uh, Australia that just recently came out. So it looks like that Tasmanian devil's coming back.
1: See, I, I I tried to get my uh, passport, and then with all the stuff that's going on right now, it was just like a massive wait. I got to get a passport, though. I gotta. I love traveling, and you know, I'm a single guy, and I, I don't have a family right now. So this is the time to do it. Well, you picked the wrong time to do it, in my opinion. Well, yeah, on, but... yeah, I, I know, but you know,
0: um, I mean, well, yeah. chi- you just are gotta cheap. be careful. Just take the precautions and be careful. And correspondent Maurice. Well, nothing you know. can get me in the water, baby. Um, <laughs> next time we go camping, though, I do. We should go look for some some uh, some weird stuff and see if there's anything non. Um, recently made out there. You know, if there's any ancient stuff.
1: Yeah, well, I know when we were up in the UP, there was all
0: kinds of things and whatnot. That's why I was pissed we've never gone back there for our annual trip, because I thought that that was probably our best trip in terms of, like, terrain and things to do. There was that blue quarry that we went rock diving. And then there was yeah. the, the underground cave system. I didn't think I was getting through that. This, this big boy body almost didn't squeeze <laughs> through a couple of those crevices, you know?
1: Yeah. We went, uh, splunking in Kentucky in the mammoth cave system. And there's actually, we, we took like the expert tour and they measure you cause there's this thing called the keyhole and you have to like squeeze through it. I'm a smaller guy and they were, they turned away a couple of the bigger dudes. Um, it's interesting down in those caves, man. It's crazy. Yeah, the light goes out and you have no clue where you're at hmm yeah
0: it's scary because i remember the one that we went in there was no like right exact way you just kind of had to find your way and then you find your way out of it it was and it was like all moss covered to get down there you could kill yourself just climbing down to get into the the mouth of this thing
1: yeah yeah and they all start in these like it's weird in the mammoth cave system they started in these sinkholes and it's like this big impression in the earth. And then you walk up and there's a metal door. Obviously, the humans have been there. And then you open this door and it's like it's like the Willy Wonka theme song starts. And you go into this <laughs> this wonderland. There's like a river in there and do stuff. Do do. Yeah, um, I have recommend you, have, you,
0: uh, have you seen people. that cave system? Look this up. There's like a cave system. I think it's in Mexico, if I'm not mistaken, where it's all these like massive crystals. I don't know if they're salt crystals or what they are. Have you seen a picture of this? No. Where instead of like... Can find Stalactites right. and uh, you know, like the the uh, the formations from above and below. Um, it's just pure crystals. So I, I don't know where that was, but I remember seeing that and thinking, "Wow, it's nuts!"
1: Yeah, this is unbelievable. I, I can't share it or we'll, we'll get zinged. But let me see if I can find where it's at.
0: I like I said, I thought it was either in Mexico or South America, but I could be mistaken. Um, but I do think that, I don't know, the documentary did change. I already thought certain, certain animals and, um, species were very, very intelligent, very smart. I mean, I watch a lot of animal stuff. I've watched all the planet earth things and national geographic and blue planet, whatever. Oh, I love all that stuff. So, um, but again, like the ravens and the magpies and some of these birds, gray parrot, you know, these things are super intelligent.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's cool, too, because kind of what you were saying, it brings awareness to these creatures that you never even gave another thought to, and now you're just like, I don't want to eat that or something. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's changed your whole view on the intelligence of a creature, what they're actually doing down there. I never thought twice about what an octopus is doing in the water.
0: Right. Have you seen, I think there's even videos where they gave... Octopus psychedelics I think they gave an octopus MDMA And it started doing that color what? changing Yeah, Did it start so- rave dancing? No it's, it started doing that color changing thing It does when it dreams I'm pretty sure So they definitely have some sort of Serotonin uh, Play going on there um, Oh So Maury's just sent us in Chihuahua Mexico Those caves we're talking about um, I think That they did that with a spider, too. They gave a spider all sorts of different psychedelics, and then they saw what kind of web they, you know, could create. And
1: oh, that's cool. There's
0: different patterns for the different psychedelics that they were given. I don't know how... I mean, how do you administer a spider, a psychedelic, but... I don't know. Um, yeah. there. It just... It really makes you wonder, like, what's going on there. And how 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 are we so different you know like what what about our evolution made us that much different you know they point to you know the common ancestor and we you know evolved and we became who we are like 200,000 years ago we became homo sapiens sapiens but it just makes you wonder like what part of our evolution did we just become this completely different thing than anything else on the planet where we're able to like conceptualize our existence and ponder our existence in the universe. And then not only that, but then measure the universe around us. So,
1: right. Well, the measuring and the tools and all that kind of stuff, building things that build things, that's definitely something unique to the human race. But, uh, I don't know watching this and you see it playing and dreaming and all that kind of stuff. Maybe we don't really, maybe we're just instilling these views that these things are stupid and they, they, they aren't.
0: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, do, I definitely don't think they're stupid. I also, um, I don't know. I think that there's different forms of intel. You know, like some things are more emotionally intelligent. Even you look at some people, some people are more emotionally intelligent than other people, and some people are just more um, analytically intelligent. You know, it just depends. There's different types of uh, intelligence out there. Yeah, Sandy, that's Sandy true. mentions the stoned ape theory. You know, I, I think that, When you look at the recent book, The Immortality Key, and you look at like where our ideas of religion and um, uh, like the idea of something greater, some higher power, um, it's and then you look at what psychedelics do. And then the next day when you come down, you want to change your whole life and be a better person, at least some people. We already talked about this many times before that it doesn't have the same effect on everybody. And some people miss that message. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that that message is there to be discovered if one is seeking that message. So we'll do an episode on that, Sandy. Uh, that's a whole different topic. Um, In terms of the, what you were talking about with the, the paper that came out last year about how some scientists were suggesting that octopuses, um, octopus eggs might have hitched a ride on a comet, you know, the frozen ice on a comet, and then landed here. And then I think that they thought the whole, um, the whole premise for that idea comes from the Cambrian period. There was a you know, the Cambrian explosion that you hear people talk about when they talk about, uh, evolution and stuff like that. And the paper had 33 authors, uh, that had, there's different, um, there's different parts of like the thesis and hypotheses, um, but the whole basis was there was a sudden burst in biodiversity um, around 540 million years ago, um, and they believe that this is due to some sort of uh, you know comet or you know something along like it would actually probably have to be a comet because of the ice and probably preserving the eggs, right? Um, and then they said you know the octopus genome was mapped in 2015. Uh, and it contained many surprises. Um, and one of them was that the octopus nervous system, the genes split from the squids around 135 million years ago. So that was like long after the the Cambrian explosion. So um, there was a theory that maybe the squid got some sort of, you know, virus or something like that, that eventually helped them evolve partially or some of them into octopuses. Um, but I mean, reading it, it doesn't, it sounds like you can also account for the natural evolution of an octopus here on earth. So it's not like it's like a guaranteed thing, although for sure they came from somewhere else. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I would, I, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, uh, finding out more, but then there's a part of me where it's like, I don't want them to take these things out of their habitat and, 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 and you know subject them to testing and then you know what humans are going to do once they figure out the camouflage systems they're going to weaponize it
0: well I, th- I think that this they probably already have i think that this uh <laughs> i mean look at you know if you look at like the peregrine falcon it's the same thing as the stealth bomb you know like that. Right. that's where we get these ideas and you know like a helicopter is like a dragonfly like uh-huh. that's the only thing that can move forward and back you know yeah um So, yeah, that that's we've definitely taken a lot of cues from nature. Um, But in terms of um, the whole, you know, octopus coming from somewhere else, I think I don't know, after reading the scientific paper, I think it's an interesting theory. But again, I, I don't I wouldn't say that it's likely that that was the case.
1: Well, when we don't know really where we came from, I, I jumped to figuring out where these other animals came from. Let's stick to the humans, and we'll go from there.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I do think that there's some interesting things in the article, though. Like I said, the split of the nervous system uh, away from the squid, because most people would look at, like, an octopus or squid and deduct that they're very similar in some mm-hmm. regards. So, and they're actually not in a lot of ways.
1: So, Well, yeah, the squid definitely it can't camouflage or anything like that, right? It can.
0: So, I think... I don't know which, okay, so this was another. So, like, um, the squid, the idea of the kraken from, like, ancient times, okay, so, like, release the kraken or right. you know, that whole thing, the mythology behind that, um, I think is real. There's probably fishermen, because they found giant squid uh, uh, dead that are up to, like, 60 feet long. I mean, that's pretty massive. That could damage a boat, I would think. Yeah. Um and they think that they're they're probably even bigger. I remember there was a documentary from two thousand and four where this Japanese uh sci- these scientific marine biologists or these uh, marine biologists were at the bottom of like some deep part of the ocean. Um and this Japanese scientist like waited his whole life to see one of these um squid and they had some like thing where they had like a bu- like a luminescent light that like had like a almost like a lure. Mm-hmm. And they finally caught a glimpse of this thing, and there was estimates that it could be almost like 100 feet long. So, I mean, that's terrifying to think yeah, of. Oh yeah, oh, yeah.
1: The, 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 and the then deep, the, beak, dark
0: blue. the beak of those things could, could crack, you know, a skull easily for sure.
1: Well, I get nervous when we're on the Manistee River. It's an old, big river, and it, get, it, it gets real deep. I remember our uncle said, go dive down and bring me a handful of sand. I got down probably a couple of feet, man. This thing went black, and I panicked. Hmm. so that the water is that's a scary place to be when you just don't really know what's underneath you and but so my point about the
0: squid was they found like those those squid that at the bottom are like fluorescent or like bioluminescent like they create their own light but they can also like camouflage too i don't think it's the same thing as an octopus in the sense that they change texture or anything like that but Um, I saw a a video or a picture of one of them doing it, and it was kind of like, you know, like, you see those, like, snowballs on your TV when there's no signal, you know, like, but there's, like, ones that have, like, color, like, there's color going through there. That's kind Uh of what it looks like, almost like a, like, chaos patterns of that.
1: Well, it says a a group of animals, including octopuses, squid, and cuttlefish all have the skill to change color, camouflage, obviously at different uh, degrees, but... And But the octopus, it was even, like, growing, like, little, like, nubs out of its head
0: and tentacles and stuff, too, so it was, like, looking like kelp.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that was crazy.
0: I mean, the color thing, I knew, but, yeah, the whole, uh, the texture of its body, I mean, it's absolutely insane.
1: And then weren't you talking about, there was some uh, account of uh, this guy had an octopus in a tank and... Oh yeah, going from one tank to the other and yeah, those fish.
0: I was watching this video. I don't know. I think it was on YouTube, and this guy was talking about how he couldn't figure out why all this fish from his one aquarium were going missing. He's like, "Where are these fish going?" So he put up a camera uh, in this room, and his octopus was crawling out of its cage, like somehow, like unlocking the thing and getting out at night, crawling down, walking across the ground because they can live outside of the water for you know a little bit. And it was walking across the ground, crawled up the side of the cage, ate, took a fish, ate it, and then walked back to its cage and like locked himself back in. It was crazy. Sounds like a Pixar movie. <laughs> yeah. That's unbelievable. Um, so there's a lot of those videos out there, so check those out. I'll try and find some of them afterwards and maybe put some links down below the video. I'll have to track them down, though, because I don't
1: have any off the top of my head. But um, So is there's... an octopus the most interesting creature? Is that is that the... <sighs> Is that I what's mean, going when you, on when here? you look
0: at it, it almost just looks like a brain or like a human head. You know, yeah. it looks like, um, you know, that like some people uh, almost, like, some of them look like even, I don't even know how to describe it, but they, it looks like a head with just like some tentacles, you know? Uh-huh. Like if you think about it, it looks like our brain, but instead of having like a nervous system, it just has tentacles.
1: Yeah. And clearly it can use them all individually. Yeah. That was my favorite part. Was when it was uh, after the first attack with the shark, it uh, it adapted and it learned and it it ended up outsmarting this thing. It it, it was pretty awesome. I'm not gonna spoil it. We'll give we'll we'll leave some stuff in there because I want people to check this thing out. And if anybody who checks it out and wants you know to leave a comment or whatever, leave one below. But it's amazing how they can adapt so fast. Like you said, it only lives for a year, so it's like imagine what you adapt to in a year right what kind of skills do you gain within a year but and humans are a very slowly evolving creature yeah
0: the once the the eggs are fertilized i believe the male starts to die and then the female carries you know until the point where um the eggs are good and then i think it slowly deteriorates as well so mm-hmm. um,
1: sad but a part of life
0: yeah And it was was almost like this guy was experiencing like a true full cycle of life, you know, but it wasn't his life. It was this octopus's life.
1: Yeah. Which actually probably, uh, reverberated down to him and made him appreciate the time that he has again, more, you know, at the end it shows him introducing his son to the, to the, uh, the place he was diving and, He was just like passing down his knowledge. And I think at the, I think at the very end, they had like a whole crew that was going out looking at stuff.
0: Right. And then at the end, it shows like him able to connect with his son. um, And his son um, ends up finding a baby. I I don't care at this point. Spoiler alert. His (laughs) His son finds this baby octopus In a similar like where they were, and at that point, it probably would have been around the same time. So it might have been one of the babies. But what did they say? Like two hundred million.
1: Yeah, they don't. But only like a handful of them
0: survive and grow up. To I mean, that's that's crazy odds too. Like what's going on there? Why so many?
1: Yeah, you know that's funny though. I I didn't cry until it was the father son part, and (laughs) and then it really struck a nerve with me. Yeah, a real Austin (laughs)
0: Powers, daddy (laughs) wasn't there type scenario.
1: To take me to the fair or um, diving
0: but yeah i think that that whole thing it shows he wasn't able to connect with the son at the beginning because he was having all these his own issues and then mm-hmm. through this process he was able to rediscover you know his own li you know thirst for life and connections with his family and son and everything so
1: well yeah you know it's a good it's a good example of how when you get exhausted as a human you got to center yourself again and it was cool because that that diving stuff was like it was you know what he he uh he resonated with the most so he he got back to doing things that he really enjoyed and then it, it actually like turned into back into his work.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Like I said, it was it was I liked it, but yeah, it was sad. It was it actually it puts you through the full. Spe- I would say it puts you through the full spectrum of emotions. You know. It's in. It's exciting. It's interesting. Um, it makes you happy at some parts. It's funny at some parts. You know, it's sad at another parts. So I think mm-hmm. that it's. If you like those kinds of documentaries, I think it's a good one.
1: Well, that's when I gravitate towards any kind of movie when it has a When you when you laugh, you cry. You're excited. You're scared. If you can oh, you have. You know a movie what kind that's... of
0: music you like, bro? This oh, yeah. can send me the saddest shit you've ever heard in your life
1: hey man i gravitate towards that and it's not even necessarily because i want to feel sad i I don't know what it is but ever since i was a kid that's i think that's why i gravitated towards the grateful dead music i remember i was uh i got thrown out of a party or something when i was in high school and uh i went home and i was you know i was sad i i put on some grateful dead music and it was even sadder but it made me it was like the the sadness of me and the music kind of came together and made me feel better in a way i don't even know how to explain it
0: I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's the dead sad, but let's face it, you're really getting into the radio head, and their stuff is very melancholy.
1: Oh, well, I've been getting into them for a long, long time. No, I, I know, know, but
0: I just meant we were talking about it last night. I was yeah. listening to some happy tunes, some fish, some jams, and this kid's like, you got to listen to the sad stuff, man.
1: I didn't say you had to listen to it. I said check out the live yeah, in the yeah. basement I've stuff. seen them live, bro. Okay. So have I. Don't, don't, Where don't did you see them like, live? Uh... Uh, Little Caesars Arena. Was it good? Yeah, it was awesome. It was back in my drinking days though. And I don't really remember the whole, that's, that's what, you know, that's what pisses me off. It's like, I used to go to concerts and it's like, all right, we're, we're going to a concert. We're going to have fun. We're going to party. And then you pay all this money and then you don't even remember the show. Then I started going to shows sober and I'm like, wow, I remember the whole show. Same thing with vacations. Everybody goes on vacations. and They're like, oh, we're, we're in Malibu. Let's get hammered, you know? But it's like, I want to remember the vacation. I just paid all this money. I just spent all this time on the airplane. And then I get there and everybody's drinking cocktails and getting out of control. Like, I want to enjoy myself. I don't know. That's just my new yeah, outfit. I'm not, you
0: know me, I'm not really a drinker, so.
1: No, but I, I went on our uh, our yearly canoe trip this year, didn't drink a drop, and it was beautiful. I had a great time. The laughs were still flowing, and I remembered the whole trip, and it was like, now that's a vacation.
0: It's weird. This year was the first year I didn't regret not going.
1: Well, get back on the train. Man. No, I
0: mean, I, I obviously, you know, it's like one of my favorite things. Maybe it was just the circumstances this year and the, with everything going on. But it was just was, you know, when I was younger, I would have done anything to figure out how to get there.
1: Right. Well, the next year I'm put, strapping on a GoPro and I'm swimming, swimming the river systems, <laughs> trying to find some <laughs> kind of creature down below.
0: Uh, we should try and find some sort of uh, we should find Atlantis. Atlantis yeah. and Michigan. Let's go for it.
1: I you didn't know it was in the bottom of Fife Lake. Oh yeah. So I don't know. Do we want to do any kind of ratings for this, or do you just we just we just, we just say it was a good a uh, good doc and people should go watch it? You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd give it a. I mean, I, I'm. I'd give it a four point nine out of five.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's 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 a quite generous. I I'll give Quali- it a, a good good 4. backstory,
0: 2. quality cinematography. Um. Like I said, this guy devoted a whole year. The best documentaries are the ones where people have devoted themselves to something. Right. Because the passion comes through usually, you know?
1: Yeah, I liked how this one was uh, a little more spontaneous. Boom, nailed it first try, folks. <laughs>
0: He's cured of his dyslexia.
1: Nope, nope, it's just beginning. But no, I liked how it was just more of a natural occurring thing where this guy needed to get away. And that, that's a big part of it, how he was just overwhelmed with his work. And going and doing something that he loved all of a sudden opened this door into a whole new universe, essentially, and we, we were along for the ride, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I'll, I'll give it a 4.2. I mean, oh. you give it 4.9, you got nowhere to run. If they come out with something spectacular, what, do, what are you going to give it? You give it a 5. Mm-hmm. That's, no, there's nothing that's a 5, bro. You got to have your standards. I beg
0: the differ. I would give Wild Wild Country a 5.
1: That's a multi-series one, I don't, right? I
0: don't care. It's 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 amazing. It's six parts. If you haven't seen Wild Wild Country, check it out. It's it, I think it's one of the more well-done documentaries I've ever seen. I like the phenomenon. Um, I you know I don't know what I would rate that out of five, but it's you know good.
1: Well, if anybody has any other documentaries that we should, uh, check well, I out, want to do this one. Help we help should.
0: It. You got to watch this, The Way of the Psycho, not about uh, Stan Groff. So we got to watch that one. About the early days of psychedelics and that whole thing.
1: Beautiful. All right. Well. Um. So
0: yeah, we're, we're gonna probably do one on that. I mean, I don't. We're not gonna do a million documentary reviews. It just so happens that there's some good documentaries out right now.
1: And then uh, don't forget about this bad boy.
0: Yeah. I don't know how many we have left, but we don't have a ton. We're already gonna send some out to some of our top escapees that have already, you know, signed up for them, and then we do. You can go on to our Patreon. I don't know. I got to set it up still. I'm gonna text Maurice tonight after and figure out how many we have left, and then I'll try and put them on our Patreon. And uh, for thirty dollars, that's the price. Um, But we're gonna try and get some cheaper ones too. So I don't know how much those will be. It'll be a a simpler pattern. We just wanted to get ones made with our logo uh, and that whole thing. But I don't know what we're gonna do. Maybe we'll make like one of those. We'll do like those spoof shirts kind of things. You know where. It's like a theme having to do with our show or something, not necessarily our logo. I don't know. We'll figure yeah, I don't,
1: something out. Uh, we're getting some questions of how much they are. I don't think we're actually selling them right now. I think we're just doing them through our Patreon.
0: Yeah, I don't. we don't have a store set up on our um, website, but if you just do $30 um, on our Patreon, you can cancel after the first month or whatever, you'll get a shirt. So.
1: Well, beautiful, my man. I enjoyed it. Um. And uh yeah,
0: I think that's Maurice is gonna be out of towns. We're trying to get one or two more in before he leaves. Um and uh yeah. We have some guests coming up too the week after. I've I'm lining some stuff up now, so um we'll mix that in and while Maurice is gone I'll finalize the Ancient Greece Part 5, Lucinian Mysteries. Um and the super volcano part two and then um, yeah so head on over to our patreon at patreon.com mind escape podcast for two dollars a month you'll get exclusive content and um, for thirty dollars you'll get a shirt like I said you don't have to do thirty dollars a month but if you want to do thirty dollars for the first month and then cancel you'll get a shirt so wow, I'll figure he just he
1: just foiled the, the plan folks
0: it's not a plan I don't no, I'm not no. we are not out for for you know we're not here to, to make the big bucks. I don't think no, I'm kidding. we're slowly growing here. If people want to, you know, contribute. Awesome. We love that. I, you know, I'm, I want people to, to spread the word about our podcast. Cause the whole point of our podcast for anybody that hasn't listened or is just getting the message. Now we're trying to put good information out there, credible information out there, like different takes on things and open-minded takes and, uh, you know, let people decide what's going on and try and get people talking about subjects that deserve more attention, you know? So,
1: yeah, but we appreciate it. We are growing slowly, and yeah. but surely. And, uh, if everybody would just tell a couple friends, we would greatly appreciate and that. We appreciate
0: everybody, you know, thank you, Taz and Sandy tonight. You guys are awesome. And uh, shout out to home mycology, shout out to the snake brothers, shout out to, uh, alchemical mind and Martin, Uh, Shout out to anybody that's ever been on our podcast. We love you guys. And uh, one more thing, go to Indra's and sign up to get an alert when the app goes live. Um, And I think this is going to be awesome because you can go on to Facebook or you can go on to any of these social media things and keep doing your thing. But this one will be dedicated to the topics that we talk about on this podcast. So. Uh, i definitely think that it's it's worth it and oh oh sandy meant please join our discord we do have a discord so check that out and we're going to probably do like a fan episode like a fan chat where we it's like open talk with everybody on our discord so if you're interested and you listen to our show and you have discord check that out cuz we're probably going to do some sort of episode where everybody has a go at it so beautiful and uh that's it so Check out my octopus teacher. Super worth it. And uh if you want to know what we're gonna check out next, uh the way of the psycho knot is uh I believe it's on Amazon. I think you can rent it for a couple of dollars now. I'm not hundred percent sure, but nice. So and uh the link to our Discord is down below, so check that out. All right. Well we love you all, stay safe out there, and uh we'll catch you next time. Peace. Cheers.